it seems like most people that are the most successful ones are literally building an audience, asking them what it is that they want, yeah. and just finding or sourcing the thing that is that they want. News station that talk about what's going on, their agenda, if you take away Corona and what's happening, is just simply how can we get the most clicks and eyeballs because that's what's gonna make us the most money. The biggest money makers are platforms, right? Because like, for example, someone in Amazon FBA could compete with someone with Amazon FBA, but Jeff Bezos is just chilling because the, they're in his sandbox. Yeah. Hello there, podcast lovers. Welcome back down the rabbit hole. My name is Monty Hook, and today I interview entrepreneur and educator, Mike Vestile. This episode was super fun. We spoke in depth about entrepreneurship and how to find your zone of genius so you can make the biggest difference possible in this world. Stay tuned for this one. You are guaranteed to take away some profound insights. I will see you on the inside. Guys, head on over to www.montyhook.com and get free access to my ebook, The Exponential Entrepreneur. Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. This is a concept I've been obsessing over for the past five years. How to scale your business and actually take on more projects all whilst working less and living a life you love. I'm now very fortunate to have multiple businesses that all run without me, and I spend my days sharpening the axe. That's doing things that I love, like surfing, working on my spiritual practice and health, learning, and doing podcasts. So if you are an entrepreneur and you are interested in the strategies required to scale your business, but with you actually working less, and most importantly, cultivating a life of spiritual abundance and freedom, then head on over to www.montyhook.com and get free access to the ebook now. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Monty Hook and I'm in the studio in Bali today, joined by Mr. Mike V. Good to have you here, man. Hey, what do you think of the studio, bro? Dude, I like I was telling you earlier on uh, before we started recording, I literally feel like a little kid in here. And I'm looking at you like, oh my God, Monty, so cool. It's oh, like that. Embarrassed and, and, shy. and it's like so exciting, man, because I mean, the vision that you have like for this place is, is insane. And I'm just so excited that, you know, you're literally going to be like the sticky glue that gets all of these really epic people together. Yeah. Right. Which, which is weird because everyone here in Bali is like really cool, but they're kind of like doing their own thing mm. and they're not they're not collaborating they're maybe collaborating when they go do their on very certain things very little things like yeah. a joint collective kind mm -hmm. of thing interesting insights man i appreciate that thank you um yeah i mean i i i thought it would just be cool to build really beautiful studios yeah where i could film and uh, invite people from all around the world to come and this is just a taste where yeah you know, we're obviously under construction now lighthouse coming soon in end of 2021 um but yeah, I just wanted to build cool ass studios and mm -hmm. um, have a have my own coffee machine. Mm. <laughs> I drink coffee anytime I like. Yeah. yeah. But normally it's like uh, those people that fill their own need, right? Um, yeah. inst instead of like, oh, I need to find the, the product market yeah. fit and I need to do this some research and what are the competitors doing? Like usually it's the ones that just focus on their own need yeah. and like having fun that out of nowhere for some reason, 
And they get really passionate about and it. They're, and they're like more listen. successful than someone that's like, for example, you take someone like Joe Rogan, starts a podcast, just loves it, makes yeah. 50 to $100 million a year. And you have like the internet marketer, whereas like the background where I came from, where they're like, how can I find a niche? Yeah. And how can I make money from this? Yeah, and it comes across, you know, it can come yeah. across very forced and very yeah. authentic. And Oh, it's extremely forced. <laughs> extremely yeah. authentic. Well, let's talk about, let's talk yeah. about that. Cause um, I mean, you've, you, you know, you're in that space. Yeah. So what are you known for, man? What are you, what are you known for? Oh man, it, it like really depends on, on what year you're asking that question. Um, you know, cause I, uh, like if you were if you were my friend in college, I was known as the guy that was just supposed to become a dentist, right? So like no business background in my body or whatsoever. Here's like this Mike guy that's like in dental school or going to dental school. That was like one year, right? And then I had like my eBay days where I was just like mm -hmm. making money um, selling on eBay. So I was known as the eBay guy and I was selling on Amazon. So I became the Amazon guy. And then I started making money with Shopify. So then I became like the e-commerce guy. And then, you know, I started making videos about it. So then I know, was known as a YouTube guy. And then that got too like niche down to like the making money online guy. So then I started a podcast and then I became the podcast guy, but then I got robbed. So right. like- Like your house got robbed. Yeah, like literally all like the podcast So here, the podcast equipment got stolen. All of it, dude. So I was just like, maybe this is just, maybe I'm not the podcast guy. So then I became like the downward spiral. What is like the, what is like, what am I going to do yeah. with like the next business trajectory yeah. guy? And then, um, you know, COVID happened and I became like the business failure guy. Cause like, which, which is really hard, right? When yeah. you make money in other things and you try a new project and your ego kind of gets caught to it. And then you're failing when things, when people think that you're like up here yeah. and you're like down here. Yeah. So then I became like uh, the crazy, what do I do with my life guy? All of like 2020, um, especially when like the lockdown happened, man, I got like super introspective and then uh, went back to the spiritual guy, was the vegan guy, then the carnivore guy. I was, yeah. I've just been a lot of dudes. It sounds <laughs> like you're just like experimenting with yeah, life, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, out of all of that, like, what do you what do you think you're good at? Uh, I think, because I've been writing this down a lot, like what is my core competency, right? Yeah. Like I was uh, looking a lot at Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. And, you know, I feel like uh, most people, they want to be good at everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know an answer, then they're like a little bit embarrassed. Right. But I was like listening to them. And whenever Charlie Munger doesn't know an answer, he would literally send an interview like that's not my zone of genius. Like I'm not fit to answer that. You, yeah. you got to ask someone else. Um, so I started like really diving deep and thinking like, what is it that I'm good at? And like it seems where like my little niche is, is video marketing to other people's products, not my own product. Mm. So like affiliate marketing, yeah, right? Um, and that's kind of like, like after, you know, we had all of those like really epic uh, spiritual events that we've been through and that's like where we met. Um, that's where I realized kind of like my zone to just stay there and to kind of like really help sell other people's products. Mm. And that's exactly how I do literally after that, uh, that epic spiritual event, because there's like so many spiritual events here. Um, that was like the insight. I doubled down on that. And now that's kind of like the big like money maker yeah. now while I focus on, I guess, diving back deep into spirituality, yeah. which is why I've been seeing you a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, I mean, you're 
you're saying you're the video guy. You're you know pretty big on YouTube. YouTube's are your preferred platform. Yeah. So do you feel like when you say you're you think you're good at selling other people's products? Because I mean you, you have a big personality. Yeah. Right? And this is one of the reasons I like him. We've you know spent a little bit of time together at some of these events you're talking about. I don't really know you outside of that, but I've enjoyed enjoyed your company. Oh, you've been and, a blast. Man. I, I, I feel like <laughs> Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that would resonate across in videos yeah. and do you feel like that is like like that's your thing like your personality has a way to connect connect with people uh, you know like i think so uh because because I, I don't know man it's like it's always scary to to let your your real self like out right um yeah. but like i don't know i just guess how i was raised that i think i forgot the memo of like don't be too crazy or whatever. So like I tend to go more on the crazier side, but then like ultimately what it does, I don't know. It's like social media is kind of like an extension of, of who you are, right? If yeah. you network with people like in the events that we've been through, you're gonna kind of uh, track people that resonate with you. I feel like the more you're able to just be yourself, warts and everything, as weird as you are, uh, like, for some reason, business will just do well. Like for example, right? Here's mm. here's an example. I had a video go viral. Uh, it was top three ways to make a hundred dollars a day as a broke individual, right? And like, this is just a concept of, okay, here's this way of how people can make money. Here are all these other ways that people are talking about it. Yeah. But how can I be just as authentic as possible with this? Yep. So everyone else was just a little bit quiet. This was like a couple of years ago. So people were afraid of sharing their ideas. And I literally uh, go on this video. Um, I'm wearing this. Have you ever been to the Kotal pub crawl? No. <laughs> like, I used to have this like crazy hostel stint where I was just like having so much fun staying in hostels. It was like this really skimpy t-shirt that you would use at like a bar crawl. And um, here I am talking about like making money online, like looking completely home homeless in my uh, $200 a month Chiang Mai apartment. Right, so there's like no luxury whatsoever when everyone else talking about making money online was like luxury, um, and like around that time, you know, I had like crazy long armpit hair, right? Like the most ridiculous. Like I got a Russian girlfriend now, so she's like, "You have to shave that, right?" No, uh, but like before, dude, I just thought it was weird to like shave it, right? Like yeah. The idea of a man. Um, so all else equal, how? ridiculous that was i didn't have like this nice studio the couch looked super cheap 200 a month like super cheap chiang mai thailand apartment that video ended up blowing up just because of how like real. different and real was and if you literally look at the comments it was like no one even really cared about uh the, what I actually talked about they're just really? like they're literally like dude your armpit shave your armpit shave your armpit but i kid you not it was weird right because at first I felt insecure. I'm like, man, should I shave my armpits? Yeah. All these people are saying they didn't care about the video. But then that one video started making $100 a day just from the ads that played on the video. Yeah. And then I started realizing, I was like, should I listen to these people that are like these keyboard warriors that are just trying to like bring me down? Yeah. Or should I literally just maybe double down and just go more crazier, deeper into that grow personality? Your arm, grow your arm you know what I'm saying? Longer. I did, but then, you know, I don't know, when you date a Russian woman, she's just like, okay, this is enough. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned before that you've been into Amazon and different things yeah. and um, you kind of st started out by 
saying that, I mean, there's so much romanticism around entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. And there's so much access to different things. And there's a lot of people saying, you know, you can start an Amazon business and, you know, within three months, you can be making this amount of money and mm -hmm. just follow the system. And, you know, there's so much of that, right? Mm -hmm. You having been in that world, like, what do you really think about that? Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, like you said before, it's the businesses that are born out of a personal desire, a personal need, yeah. um, or some kind of experience where you can see the gap and you find something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Then you can, you know, you, you're going to feel like you want to invest energy into that. Yeah. And they're the things that usually end up being not just successful from perspective of financial, you know, mm -hmm. financial success, but bring a lot of enjoyment. And then you can feel that in the brand and, and everything, yeah. right? But that seems very disconnected from a lot of the entrepreneur world now, which is this, you know, anybody can start an e-commerce business and yeah. everybody can become a millionaire in five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and most of it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. Um, how much of that is valid, do you think? Like, is it, you know, like what's your perspective on that now, now that you've, you've kind of been in those worlds for a long time? Yeah. So the thing about, like, uh, so this is just kind of like the journey, right? Uh, somebody completely broke, has student loan debt, mortgage, uh, all of these things. They just want to make money, right? Uh, so at that point, what normally happens psychologically is they're like, okay, what is the fastest and easiest way to make money with low ri lowest risk to actually make money? Um, and then at the time, you know, the best thing for me was like eBay dropshipping because I was like, okay, I could just literally post things up on eBay for free and then sell them like from, ship them from Walmart and only buy them after, right? So that was able to make me like $100 a day. Um, but but the extent of getting rich off of that, that was, I guess, like the limit mm. because the easier something is, the more competition will happen. And what happens is like uh, over years, your profit margin goes down. Like I remember I was like profiting two to $3 mm. per product. And just because it was a free way to make money, uh, I think my profit margins went down to like, 10 cents, 20 yeah. cents. And like, I, dude, I remember I was like 19 years old and I was like pulling in 70 grand a month in revenue, only making $500 a month. Mm. But I had like so much travel towards credit card points. So I was like, yo. And then I like, <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I got to take this. And like, I spent 30 days in Vegas. <laughs> I was like 22. I was like, dude, what am I going to do with all these travel towards points? So that one was like, okay. Yeah. But then you're constantly looking for the next thing. Amazon FBA was it because that's what they preach a lot. So like. I mean, you can you you could do really well in any of those things yeah. if you were really early, like if yeah. you were like one of the the early early adopters. Yeah, and then you become a teacher of those things, and that's how you can really. And then you just find out that the digital space is more lucrative, right? Because, for example, with the physical product space, when I came back from Vegas, I had all these returns. I was like, okay, that's like a headache. Um, I got an Amazon FBA because I was like, oh, it's more passive. But uh, the thing about e-commerce, especially when you're dealing with like big business, is it like all your profits in an inventory, mm. right? So the only way that you really make good money in Amazon is if you sell the business yeah. to give that headache to somebody yeah. else. My, my buddy just sold his, oh, actually Dan. Yeah. He just sold his Amazon business for 5 million, 5 million US. Whoa. Yeah. That's but what, yeah. he had five years of just making money, tipping it all into inventory. Yeah. Like it, they did okay. Like they paid themselves okay. Yeah. But for a $5 million business, he wasn't getting rewarded for mm -hmm. five years. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think he's one of the lucky ones. You know, mm -hmm. Not everyone's that lucky. Yeah. And now everything, it's like, um, 
I think a good rule for business is don't compete with uh, Jeff Bezos and don't compete with China, right? And it seems like when you're in the Amazon business, now like China's just mm. coming in and, you know, like cutting out us as the middleman, right? Yeah. So I don't know, Amazon was like pretty hard. And then you start seeing uh, where, like, like you're starting to see, okay, how are people actually making money, right? And when you look at them and you don't look at what they're saying, but you watch their feet to see what they're moving, it seems like most people that are the most successful ones are literally building an audience, asking them what it is that they want, yeah. and just finding or sourcing the thing that is that they want, yeah. right? Like for example, um, I remember when I went to this Mind Valley event in Croatia, right? And at this event, there was this uh, super spiritual person. I think he was the guy that taught Doctor Strange and the cast exactly what to do that. Apparently that's like a real thing in the Marvel movies. We were talking about Marvel earlier. And he was like saying, write a long list of all of your values. So here I was just like, okay, freedom, love, connection, authenticity, um, like fun. And then on the right side, he was like, write all the ways you do to make money online. So I'm like, oh man, hashtag digital nomad, passive income. I'm like, okay, cool. And he was like saying, okay, all the ways that you're making money online that don't align with your values, mm. stop that. doing them. Yep. And I'm like, this is crazy, but like, I'll try this out for like 30, 60 days. So that's eventually when I ended up coming home from Croatia, I, uh, was like, let me do this podcast thing. I don't know like how it's going to make money. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, the first podcast completely bombed, right? Uh, but then the second podcast was Hanalei, mm. right? Uh, the For those that don't know, like she's she's like a prodigy. She's going to save like the planet. 14, 13 or yeah. 14 years old. And she's got a huge following. Dude, and, yeah. that ended up blowing up. And then after that, I uh, interviewed like my one mentor that makes like a million dollars per month profit. And that one blew up. And then now I'm like, okay, like, what do I do now? And then one of that, one of the, this is how I like fell into this model on accident. Cause now I built an audience on accident mm. before I was known as like the armpit hairy guy that teaches people how to make a hundred dollars a day. And here are two podcasts, like literally within two videos, it just blew up. Yeah. So my mentor was like, uh, they keep on DMing me on Instagram to sell them something. And I'm like, but we don't have anything to sell. And he's like, uh, let's do a webinar. Right. So I ended up promoting like a webinar where he was the one that did the selling for me. And I'm just like the guy that was oh. like, how the hell did this happen? Dude, that was like the most insane webinar ever because uh, we went to his place. Uh, it was like really hot. We didn't have this nice studio mm. here. So I literally was doing this webinar. I had a tub of ice like in a bowl and I was like literally standing in it while I was like doing this webinar. We had like a little bit of cameras and videos, but it was like karaoke mics and yeah. what whatnot. Uh, but dude, like we got, I think there was like 400 people on the webinar. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe this crazy. This is awesome. And he did the selling. And like uh, we had another buddy Hanson there who was like helping us with like the production and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time that it closed, like I thought we made like $10,000 in that, but I think we were like two or three hours in and I looked at him and he was just like, keep on going. And I'm like, okay, maybe we're doing really well, right? And I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's I think 1 a.m. at this point because we did it morning time or whatever, like US time. But by the time the conversation was done and he was like, okay, let's finish. 
we were on the call for like four or five hours. Um, dude, it was like 70 grand for, for that. Yeah. And then I went to the bathroom and I came back and I was like, did anything update? And he was like, yeah, we just made another 10 grand. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and that was literally within 30 days of the intention of, yeah. let me start a podcast. And like what you were talking about, instead of um, looking for the idea, it, like I just interviewed someone that I was passionate about, an audience came, they asked for a product, we didn't have a product, and then yeah. someone else you sold created it. it out of yeah. the circumstances of what unfolded yeah. through what you what you were doing, dude. It was nuts, man. Yeah. I was like, Phew. no, it's it's really interesting because it, it kind of paints the picture of um, how different it can be for like entrepreneurship is yeah. it's just like this big giant fucking soup that yeah like people think they've got it figured out and. Mm -hmm. It's. I mean, I had my first business when I was eight eight years old. I've never been good in the digital stuff. Yeah. Like, cause I'm just old school. Maybe I'm just too fucking old. Mm -hmm. Um. But I did okay. I did reasonably well. But coming into this, you know, digital world and social media, I mean, mm -hmm. I've done okay, but not, you know, remarkably well. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's it's so interesting to me that people can come in. It, you know, my ego has gotten in the way before and been like, mm -hmm. you know. I see people that have come in, they've been in business for five minutes and they're like yeah. se seemingly doing really, really well. Yeah. And I've been doing it for 25 years and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you. Yeah, screw those people. <laughs> but that's cool. But because, but the thing that is different with me is that um, I could lose everything and I could build it up again very, mm -hmm. very quickly. And the difference with my businesses is that I know they're sustainable. They're built with solid foundations. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not around, you know, short living trends. Yeah. So I think that's the, uh, the, the challenge for people. And what I was hearing before as you kind of talking, talking through that is you know, when people are kind of scrambling and looking for you know, the money makers, yeah. there's merit in that. There's no question about that. Um, but I think what that does is it just it, it gives you the tools. It gives you the, mm -hmm. the tenacity. It gives, you, know, you develop the, the, mm -hmm. the character. And then you just keep doing these things enough times. You just keep experimenting. You keep plugging away. You keep mm -hmm. doing your thing. And eventually something will land and then you can actually build something really, really solid off that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like really interesting that you say that, um, you know, your business was more like the physical space and not the digital space. Like, dude, after- well, There was no digital. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's like really interesting, um, you know, seeing you over the past couple of times because- I think like your secret superpower is, dude, I don't know what it is, man. It's like just who you are, like people, you might not even feel this, but like people trust you and yeah. gravitate towards you, you know? Like we just met, I think like a couple times last year, but like there's something, I don't know what it is about you that like makes me just want to like trust you yeah. and work with you somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you have this amazing ability where even if you're not good at like digital marketing, for some reason, you're attracting like a lot of like digital marketers in your life. Yeah, no, that's an, that's an interesting insight. Um, it's, th that has been a common theme. And it's and interestingly, like it's been a thing with, with women like my whole life, right? Yeah. Women feel really comfortable to trust me and tell me everything. Like yeah. the, the, the space between us is very, very safe. Yeah. And I think it's like that same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I've, my mind doesn't work in the way of looking like 
understanding that situation, like understanding my superpower and go, okay, yeah, well, people really, really, you know, trust me and they feel comfortable mm -hmm. with me. Um, and I think part of it is I get comments a lot that I'm very grounded, like yeah. I'm very secure. I don't know where the fuck that comes from because mm. I'm not most of the time. But I think it's a beard. <laughs> it's I'm still beard. growing mine. It's been like it's been, 27 <laughs> it's years. been like 27 years, maybe one day. <laughs> um, but my mind doesn't try to run with that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't try to go, oh, okay, now let me think about how to turn that into a business. What do I do with that? Yeah. Because I think it's that part of me, mm -hmm. which the reason people trust me is because I'm not trying to get something out of them. Yeah. Right. If I was to try to flip that around and go, oh, okay, now this superpower, oh, let me try to make money out of this. Let me build a marketing yeah. funnel and the Monty trust thing, or let me sell you let something. Let me hook them. Let me, let me know, Monty hook them. <laughs> let, let me sell you something. I would be undoing the superpower. Yeah. So it's a bit of a catch 22 situation. Yeah. But it's okay for me because I, I don't feel like I need to be famous. I don't feel like I need yeah. to be this big. I'm doing this podcast because it's fucking cool and fun yeah. to me. Like I don't have a marketing funnel. I'm not trying mm. to, I'm not running webinars. Maybe I will. I'll never say mm. never. Um, but, you know, I mean, Lighthouse, uh, what we're building here in Bali, yeah. like you were saying before, it is going to be, um, it is, it's, it's called Lighthouse for a reason. It's going to be a beacon for the world's yeah. most meaningful mess mess mm -hmm. messages and it will be a place for the messengers. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't really think of that so much in, uh, you know, like what am I going to get out of it? Like mm -hmm. the financial terms of, you know, my mind doesn't really, it does with some things, but like not with that. Like, Dude, I think that's like amazing, man, because like, uh, like for example, what, you, you just described remind me a lot of like one of my favorite books. I read it uh, right when the lockdown first happened. Um, like, are you familiar with the, the Untethered Soul and Surrender Experiment? I, I am. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the read the books, but I'm familiar oh, with them. the Surrender Experiment, man. Yeah. That that's like insane. This guy literally wanted to just go in the woods of like Florida and meditate, right? And like from that, he wasn't looking for he wasn't chasing the money at yeah. all, but he was just like surrendering to the things that life was happening. Um, and then he ended up building like a fortune 500 company and it got sold to like WebMD for like a billion dollars. And yeah. he's, he never chased the money. He was just like, I like want to do what I love. Yeah. I have to really care about people, do my best. Like all of the things that seem very like obvious. Yeah. But yet. And, this, and it's also seems counterintuitive to yeah. what we're taught about business. Yeah. It's yeah. like, find your niche, capitalize yeah. on the gains. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know kind of takes me back to the how it was in the 80s you know it's just like everything was about making money and sell 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 and but i, I think now the world is changing in terms of yeah. what people are craving which is this people don't want to be have the hard sell anymore people mm -hmm. don't want that cheesy marketing people want the authenticity they want the hairy armpits mm -hmm. they want the they want the you know they want the real real yeah. deal and I think it's it's which I think is beautiful. I think it's it's a good sign for humanity that yeah. that's what we're craving. Mm -hmm. that we're we're demanding that more, mm -hmm. and also I think we're demanding um, the way entrepreneurs show up in their business. Mm -hmm. You know that the business actually makes a difference. It has an impact. It mm -hmm. has a positive footprint rather than you know taking away from the world. Mm -hmm. So I think in that regard, we're moving in the in the right direction. Yeah, it seems like a uh, business is moving towards uh, like people getting paid for who they like mm. naturally are 
right? It's just like um, an Which extension. is such a weird concept. Right? Like, so, just be yourself. We'll pay you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't know how, but because like. Because we're, so we're so kind of indoctrinated into this yeah. world where we, we need to fit in and we need to try to yeah. be somebody in somebody else's model and. It's it's kind of like counterintuitive, which is and then, well, which is why it's hard for people. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually really hard for people to be authentic because mm -hmm. when you're trying to be authentic, you're automatically not being authentic. Yeah, because you're trying. Yeah, it's really really hard. I, I felt that like with the podcast because in the beginning it was like super authentic, right? I was like, oh, this is like awesome. Oh my god, like, we're... and then money was like going up, right? But then I don't know what it was like. Something shifted in my head where I was like, whoa, when I do this, I could make more money. So then I started doing more of that. Mm. But then like views started going down, income started going down and then we got robbed. And then I was like, <laughs> what is going on? It's like, it's like a, it's like a woman, right? Like if you want, if you want to like, if you see someone really attractive at the bar and you're just like, you're like breathing in her face and like, Hey girl, like what's your Bad name? Me. Like marry me. Like she's gonna be like, ah, right. Yeah. But it's almost like, you could if be, you just play it cool, like play cool, be playful, and, yeah. like don't put them on a pedestal. It's like the more you put things on a pedestal in life, yeah. like money, success, relationships, goals, the harder it is to like get it. And yeah. if you chase it, you end up getting like water thrown in your face, a slap, or getting robbed or losing a bunch of money. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. So I we've been, we've mentioned a couple of times about the. The events that we've <laughs> that we've been to, um, you know, we've been in ceremonies, and we don't need to go into detail about that. But um, we've done breath work and stuff together. And so, like, do you consider yourself to be a spiritual guy? Is that why you're mm. kind of pursuing that, or what? What makes you feel called to do that? Is it just part of the entrepreneurial journey for you? Uh, like. Uh, so, so the reason why I'm doing it now is uh, I realized that I only get into spirituality in the past when bad things happen, mm. right? Um, it's a fixing mechanism. Which, which is a horrible thing. Like, why should I meditate only when things are bad, yeah. right? Why should I only, um, like, be grateful? Like, I remember when everything was, like, falling down around me, like, lockdown, freaking, like, losing a bunch of money, um, like, worried about what my next pivot would be. And that's when I'm like, oh, you know, let me like reframe my mind. Let me write 10 things that I'm grateful for every single day, morning and night. Let me uh, meditate for mm. like two to four hours a day. Cause Dave, the guy that owns Istana was like, dude, you got to meditate for 10 hours a day. I'm like, okay, I don't know about that. Maybe I'll try two or four. Um, I'm like, why, why, why is that the case? Right. Mm. Uh, so I think now I'm doing it more to just remind myself that I shouldn't stop the things that get me out of that funk hole. Yeah. Because if I could continue doing that when things are good and like I'm happy and I'm healthy and like everything is good, then maybe there's like another level that I can reach, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm using more like a tool, right? Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I mean, cause you look at guys like Dave who meditate like however many hours a day he's been doing mm -hmm. it for the last two decades or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I mean that dude is solid, and yeah, he's he like not, he's not just yeah, he's not just like you know like uh, like a monk. Yeah. yeah, he has that kind of demeanor about him, but he's very successful. Yeah, like, he's a very he's like thirty four, thirty five. He's a very successful entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, no, I, I definitely relate, and I think that that's the journey for most people when you start on personal developments because mm -hmm. something is broken, you don't like it, and then you want to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's a very mature awareness mm -hmm. to kind of get to that point where there's it's not about the fixing because mm -hmm. the thing that i've come to the conclusion with having done a lot of plant medicine ceremonies in the jungles of peru and in <laughs> bali God. and I've, I've done some you know some pretty deep stuff is that the journey's never going to end mm -hmm. like i think when at in the early stages of the personal development the spiritual development you think that there's some place to arrive at like even if you can intellectualize that you know there's nowhere to get to you still feel like when i do this well then i can f if i do this then i can feel this and i can have this mm -hmm. then i'll be fixed but the mindset is still that paradigm of needing to fix yourself is there mm. i think when you can get to the place where it's like well i don't really need to be fixed but i'm going to be on this journey of healing forever yeah because you think that healing is like you know, like a wound on the body, it's like, okay, well, it's bleeding now. And then two days later, it's it's not bleeding anymore. It's now healed. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you're just bleeding your whole fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different- It's a slow death. <laughs> <laughs> like a slow death. I mean, I know I'm not painting the picture of, you know, of much fun, but I think that that's the point is when you can become at peace with the journey is forever. Yeah. Like this journey of healing, this journey of discovery, this journey of, because mm -hmm. uh, then you can stop making yourself wrong th for things. You can stop judging yourself. You can realize in the moment that, oh, I said that stupid thing and mm. okay, well, that was hurtful, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it because that's just going to make the situation worse. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's been certainly been helpful in my journey to have peace with the idea that this is going to go on forever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I equate it a lot to like investing, right? Like um, in investing, you always want to have like an exit strategy. And if you don't have yeah. an exit strategy, uh, like you're out of luck. But also like not just an exit strategy, but like the horizon for your investment, right? Like some people are throwing all their money in a Bitcoin, mm. but they don't have a horizon of investment of, okay, how long am I going to hold this? Because yep. if it's a year when it goes down, that's bad investment. But if you hold it for, I don't know, 100 years, that could always be a good investment as long as like it's going up, right? But it's the exact same thing I think with like spirituality and personal development. People are like, okay, well, oh, my life sucks. Let me just like take one month to figure it out. And they have like a one month horizon of fixing themselves. And then they're fixed. Yeah. Wow, they're healed. Oh, they've got a massive insight and yeah. the job's done. And then maybe they're good for like three to four to five months. And their life's good. Relationships are good. Business seems good. And then another bad things happen. And then, you know, they're just back at it again. Yeah. They, they, they're kind of surprised about it. And then sometimes the hole is deeper than the initial one. And it's just like an entire life of like, bad things happening, life is good, bad things happening. And then you got to like fix and yourself. every time you got to fix it. Every yeah. Time but because you're not like realizing that that's just like how life is. Yeah. It gets depressing each time if you don't have that horizon of oh because you, th you and then you think well i've done so yeah. much work i've done so much personal development i've watched so many tony robbins videos yeah. i'm like why don't i get it well guess what you're human because mm -hmm. that's life right <laughs> so I, I i you know th that's why this idea of integrating and embodying these mm -hmm. practices into your life every day I know it, it doesn't sound like a very fun thing to regulate yourself mm -hmm. you know it's like it doesn't it doesn't sound very empowering to think mm -hmm. that you've got to regulate yourself mm -hmm. but actually that's pretty much what we have to do mm -hmm. right 
So when you can do these practices of meditation, breath work, mm. you know, whatever our rituals are every day, and we can just keep ourselves grounded as much as possible. And mm. when these things arise, it's like it doesn't affect us as much and we can deal with it more effectively. Mm. Like when something really bad happens, it's mm. like we've got it's, – it's so embodied in us mm -hmm. and how to deal with it that we don't have like that massive – massive drop you know yeah i'm like really curious um how you do it right because like for example you own like a like an awesome outsourcing company and stuff like that and like you're really good at just like outsourcing the work even like just talking to you earlier you're like yeah you know i'm gonna go put someone in there to manage and do this stuff like that um because it's really interesting for me like when i start outsourcing things and i have more time to myself mm. my mind tends to just then worry about all the things that could go wrong yeah. and then seeing if there's ways that I could mitigate the cost or like the the, the downsides to fix it, mm. right? And then I'm just now looking for all the negatives and then now I'm like feeling like anxiety and like frustration. I remember the other day, like just something as simple as like having ADD to make sure that like the titles are good because I don't want to publish mm. a video if the titles don't make any sense. Yeah. How do you do it and find that balance when your work is literally like getting a project, outsourcing it. Now you have all this free time to then worry about things. How do you not worry as much? Or are you just really good at hiding it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. And what I'm reflecting on is the journey of entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. So usually what happens is when you're on your own and you start outsourcing things or you put in an assistant or you, you, know, you hire a few people to get stuff done for you, you still really got to be across that. Like yeah. you've really got to have your eyes on it. Make sure the titles are right. I, I do that now. Um, sometimes I'm calling these guys out on stuff that I see. Um, but you can get really wrapped up yeah. in exactly how it needs to be, mm -hmm. right? Then what happens is like where I think the that real ability to move yourself from the situations and not carry that burden of the – not carry that burden – it comes through reaching another level of entrepreneurship where you can develop leaders. Mm -hmm. And then when you can just focus on developing the leaders and then the leaders are responsible for the people under here, mm -hmm. well, then you're playing a different, you're playing a mm -hmm. different game. Two things happen there. One is you're not caught up in the minutia. Yeah. You're not caught up in the really small stuff, right? Your focus now has to be on leadership. So you're focused on just developing mm. the managers or whatever, right? And then just that alone, you have to take yourself to another level. Mm. So the, the, to develop leadership in other people, you're also got to be a pretty high-level leader yourself. Yeah. You've got to really develop that. And that also gives you the tools to remove mm -hmm. yourself. Um, but there's been times when, um, you know, like one of my business partners, she's based in Australia, and when we first started the outsourcing company, she was always – I'm glad that I had her as a partner – because mm. she was always calling me on stuff. She was like, Monty, get yourself out of this situation. This is not the situation for you to be in. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. And I'm like, okay, righto. Like what was the specific situation? Well, like especially around managing people. Yeah. Like this is not your job to manage this. Like why are you in this? And that ability to trust what's happening in the business, trust the leaders and mm -hmm. even trust the staff, that's the, that's the greatest asset. Now, are things going to break? Are the titles going to be wrong sometimes? Are things going to be incorrect? Mm. Sure. But 
if you're always going to get caught in that place, you can yeah. never get to that place. Mm. So you've got to kind of get through that point where you kind of break through where you can train people well enough mm. that they can handle everything effectively. And I think the reason a lot of people don't reach that is because as you're growing a business, you you know you make money, and then all of a sudden you got to take money out of your pocket and spend it on somebody else, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing to do. So if you've got the choice to pay somebody two thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. or ten thousand dollars a month, well, usually you're going to choose the two thousand. Mm. But actually, what you need is the ten thousand dollar person mm-hmm. to take you to that next level, where then the numbers creep up again. But mm-hmm. this is. This is the game, the game of business. Like I was saying before, we were talking about the inventory thing. That's just how business is. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the idea of scaling, reinvesting money to get to a point where mm-hmm. you can reap the rewards, well, you know, you're not in the right game. You may as mm-hmm. well go get another job or keep your business really, really small. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a few kind of uh, points. Um, there's a few kinds of businesses that you could build where you could have the greatest level of freedom. And one of them is building a really big business like with 50 staff and you can put a CEO in place and you can remove yourself out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one goal that you could have. Or you could have you know, like a, still a small business with say 10 people and you've got smart enough people in there doing most everything that you can have some level of freedom. Mm-hmm. Could you remove yourself fully out of that? No. But if you want that real freedom business, you got to build something massive. Yeah, and that's not that easy, which is mm-hmm. why most people don't do it. Yeah, it's like been really interesting, right? Because uh, it's kind of like um, when you get rewarded for bad habits, you you don't tend to change them, right? Like uh, so, for example, and I, I'm seeing this is the difference between you know talking to you and then talking to like some of the friends that I know that went and made money like really really fast. Yeah is even though you did it in the physical space and you've been doing it for like like your entire life since you were eight, you know, it was like you learned all of the like lessons needed every year and you got all of the mistakes and you were able to learn that, right? Mm. Like for example, I remember um, one business I built on Shopify, right? Uh, it went like zero to $1.5 million in 12 months. 1.5 right? revenue. So, yeah, in revenue, so like 30% profit margins. Yeah. Um, but still at that time, it was just like a lot of money for me. And I was just like, oh, I'm the shit, right? And like, I developed all these bad habits leading up to that, that when the business um, ended up not becoming sustainable, right? I had this, uh, this how do you say, assumption or this, this thing in my head where I thought that the way to make money was exactly what I did in this thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. But, and, and because of that, like my, my life has been making a bunch of money in short term. Yeah. And then like, like getting greedy, investing in an idea and then losing it all and just yeah. like repeating it like yeah. over and over again, right? Um, but it's really interesting, right? Because one of the reasons why I started getting in all of the like events that we've been meeting at is now it's like the first time in my life that like, even though things are growing fast, mm. I'm thinking of it like with those like slow lessons of like hiring, you know, people to manage, for example, the YouTube ads, hiring somebody and their team to run like, you know, the websites and the blogs, right? And to yeah. just focus on my core competency. Yeah. yeah. But it's like really cool seeing like what you did, man, because like to start from eight all the way up to, you know, like where you are right now, you, even though it was like not as fast as like some people, you have like all Fucking these lessons. Slow. No, no, but think about it. You have all these lessons yeah, yeah, that sure. all it takes is 
you to then come in with someone who has like a really like cool idea and setup and you just like filled them with all of your experience and then now the money can just be fast but it won't just be fast mm. it'll be sustainable yeah right and that's like like for example when i look at you i was like oh fuck like i'm like secretly envious because now i'm just learning okay build this because up because of the beard yeah the beard <laughs> that's the main thing um but it's so interesting man like and when you get it to the point like what thought like what thoughts normally just go on in the rest of your day, right? Like you wake up. No, no, the, the way I think, the way I explain it is I, when I tell people, like I get the question all the time. Oh, well, what do you do? Okay, okay, well, I'm building a project here. Uh, we're gonna have, I don't know, probably 40 staff there. We've got an outsourcing company. We've got a couple of hundred people there. I'm on the board of four companies, um, run a podcast <laughs> and people are like, wow, you're so busy. I'm like, eh, I work four hours a day. And the rest of the day is, to me, is still working. Yeah. But I'm working on myself. So there's the outer work, which is the business, and then mm -hmm. there's the inner work. That to me is, now, that's the evolution of what mm -hmm. my work is. So the work to me is waking up early, doing some movement. It's like going to the beach, walking the dog. Mm -hmm. It's doing some breath work. It's doing some meditation. It's doing the ice bath. Mm -hmm. It's being in the gym. That to me, the, the way I look at that, Mm -hmm. is that's my work and i think the reason why that works for me is because i also have a tendency to uh i've always been a hustler yeah. and i've like i like being busy so the thought of doing nothing and you know like just relaxing and it's like th that wouldn't work in my mind mm -hmm. i know it's just my mind it's not real mm -hmm. but by talking about it as that being the evolution of my work, it it still allows me to feel like I've had a very successful day. Yeah. You know, like if when you have that paradigm of you got to work 12 hours a day and you got to hustle, the thought of spending five hours a day surfing, doing meditation, doing all these things, you like your head's just going to go, no, I can't, I can't do that. Like mm -hmm. that's being lazy. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, it's that's the that's the critical work for me because if I don't do that, mm. I don't have the ability to do what I need to in the four or five hours that I'm mm. working. Working, yeah, that's something that I'm just coming to grasp uh, recently. Um, because like now, the main business model is just me ranking for as like uh, much like keywords as possible, and then investing all that money into like ads for some ads person to manage it, and then. Um, building like the SEO traffic for like the blog yeah. and getting someone else to manage it, right? Uh, so I think for me, it's like Sunday, I'll literally make seven videos. Wednesday, I'll make seven videos. Friday, I'll make seven videos. That would be like the biggest movement forward because all the marketing end is like automated in the back end. And then literally Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are all just like, how can I just like get back to like the present mm. and not be too crazy because it's like in those relaxations yeah. that like the ideas come. So like, dude, I started jujitsu, man. Yeah. It's like really fun. I just yeah. came back from it. Jujitsu is like really interesting because it's kind of like, it's very revealing to all of your weaknesses as a man, not just yeah. physically, but like, for example, if you're trying to get somebody in an arm bar and you're only getting for that, there could be like this move right here, but because you're so blindsided to this one move yep. in your tunnel vision, like you end up getting hurt, right? It's the exact same thing. Normally those people that do that in business is 
They're going after one opportunity when another opportunity is hitting them in the face, yep. but they're too blinded by exactly what they want, you know? Yep. But that just like transitions to, uh, like I said, those works on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, when I make all these videos and stuff. Yeah. Cool, man. Rabbit hole. What do you, th what the fuck do you think is going on in the world in 2020 and 21? Do you, uh, do you buy into any of these, um, you know, do you buy into the conspiracy theories? Do you like, I mean, it's, it's very common for people in Bali to probably think some of the things that I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm outwardly, I'm outspoken about, I don't think we need a vaccine for coronavirus. And I think a lot of what's happened in the world is mm. planned and the way governments are dealing with the situation mm -hmm. is suppressing people and it's actually not good for not good for humans. Mm -hmm. You know, what what's your take on everything that's happening yeah. in the world? I think it's I think it's really difficult to put my finger on it because when you think like for example, one thing is right, you'll realize that the the source of the information you got it from yeah. has some type of agenda of their own, right? Yeah. And doesn't necessarily have to be like evil, like one agenda, like for example, uh, some guy that's preaching the carnivore diet, right? Well, he might have like a carnivore supplement line that would just increase his business. So he's like more motivated. Yeah. So it's just been really interesting because like behind every, for example, news station that talk about what's going on, their agenda, if you take away Corona and what's happening is just simply how can we get the most clicks and eyeballs because that's what's going to make us the most money. Yeah. So sometimes they'll just like sensationalize some things uh, just because that's what's going to make them the most money. Like if the conspiracy is true or not, the thing that is true is then, all these media companies are making a bunch of money just by people's fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now in terms of like, uh, like what's going on, though, dude, I don't know what to believe, man. I went down the rabbit hole of like looking at like David Icke or Icky or whatever yeah, yeah. his name is. Um, and like I was like, deep into that like got into a, a really dark place in my mind like fuck the mm. world is fucked and stuff like that um but then you know you hear some other people that talk about like vaccines and how like people are trying to you know find where you are at all times and whatnot dude it's just really weird dude i, I try not to like worry about things that i cannot control yeah um like what, what yeah, is your take on that? It's very easy to buy into. Uh, and I think that's the issue because I think one of the difference between, uh, I think what happens is this, regardless of which side of the fence you yeah. sit on, usually people take their idea, they run with it and they're kind of, they're in a state of fear because even if, if you believe in the vaccine, yeah. well, the reason you're taking the vaccine is because you're fearful of, what's going on. Yeah. If you don't want to take the vaccine, it's because you're fearful of the agenda of yeah. the vaccine makers. So whichever side of the fence you're on, you can yeah. very easily buy into the fear. Yeah. So when I hear all these things, I do think that there are puppet masters. There are people yeah. who have a lot of power over industries, media, politics, governments, everything. And they actually have an agenda and they have the ability to steer steer humanity and societies in a direction that suits them yeah. and not humanity and societies. Um, I think that that's happening. To what degree, I don't really know. But I also am not necessarily scared by that. Mm -hmm. So when I listen to people like David Icke or when I hear things about, you know, the the like 
the great reset and all, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, it it can you can get lost in it and get you know you can buy into the fear. Yeah. Right. But I actually listen to those things and I I kind of feel very optimistic for what's possible for humanity because mm. I I'm very very sure that we are moving through something. Mm. I've been through enough pain in my in my life to realize that it's those moments which like you can't have the really great life unless you've had those times of pain. Mm -hmm. And I think humanity is just going through some kind of purging or cleansing and there's a lot of truths coming out. There's a lot of things bubbling to the surface which maybe have been you know, hidden for 50 years, 100 years, however, mm -hmm. however long, and those things are coming to the surface. So if you look at the surface, it's like it's a scary world. But if you look at what's behind that, it's like, well, that's going to end up being good mm. because we need that to happen. We need to move through this pain. And I'm not saying there aren't real things happening in the world mm. and don't want to diminish what people are actually going through. But I think there's a bigger picture. Mm. And I that's what that's where my that's where I feel and maybe it's just my intuition. Maybe I'm psychic. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel very positive and optimistic about that. So mm. even though there's some really fucking scary things coming to the surface, it's like, well, okay, well, that's shocking. But my mind always knows. I know. My mm. heart knows what's on the other side. Yeah, I think it's uh, it goes back to that uh, time horizon of investment. Like you could look at one thing and it could be a bad investment or a good investment. Like, for example, uh, like when something bad happens to an individual's life, right? Um, it's bad for that moment. And then if they could go over that, sometimes it takes months, if sometimes it takes years. If they, if they could have the hindsight now. Yeah. yeah. Then they're like, oh my God, that's the best thing. Yeah. The only thing that I guess I'm like fearful about is if you look at, for example, a thousand years in the past and a thousand years in the future, of course, like, like we'll eventually whatever the negativity is going on right now, we'll we'll get through it yeah. and we'll get stronger. My only concern is like how long will the pain be, right? Yeah. Because even though on the other side it'll be like really good, like uh, you look back in the past, sometimes it could be like five years. Like uh, I think the Spanish flu was like three to five years for things to happen. But like if things go really bad and say like the agenda like ends up happening, yeah. which uh, would like suck, right? And that's a pain point, like what you defined it. How many years would it take for like the good stuff to start happening, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, my thought on that is uh, I'm, my life, the quality of my life is not going to be dependent on, yeah. on those trends. Whether okay. it's here, whether it's there, the quality of how I show up each day is what determines the quality of my life. And ultimately, I have power. And if I'm going to buy into that, well, then I'm going to have a shit day. Shit day turns into a shit week, turns into a shit month year life. life so you know i i i believe i have full control over my experience mm -hmm. um but it's also why i live here in bali yeah. you know and that's my choice and i can say that us living here in bali i think we're quite lucky because we've been disconnected from a lot of the nonsense that yeah. has existed in australia uk us mm -hmm. usa some of these countries because there has been a lot of nonsense mm. right and i feel very blessed and disconnected from that but i also know that 
my soul chose that yeah because i don't want any part of that like mm-hmm. it is a bit of a bubble here but my my soul chose that but you know it's like really interesting in your line of work is it's like you know it's like a little bubble here and the conversations that we have here is just literally um confined to an island uh with what you're building like with lighthouse and everything is you're literally getting people that have these uh these these strong how do you say um things that they want to share mm. but you're creating like an incubator and an environment where it allows more people to start thinking exactly like how people here think you know yeah like it's very hard like it's That's very true. easy for someone to go to the cafe or to a breathwork event and meet somebody that they have similar values with right it's very easy yep. but for like like a becky from little from city from idaho has these beliefs she talks to all of her friends they don't have the beliefs yeah she talks to her parents like all of her loved ones they don't have beliefs becky could have had potential to uh live a good life inspire people she's immediately shut down by just her environment right um if she had the potential to maybe come to bali like do a static dancing a little bit, maybe do some breath. Maybe she could, you know, break through it. Yeah. But odds are Becky's probably just going to get a job in accounting, marry somebody that she doesn't enjoy and end up dying, never <laughs> being fulfilled. Like, no, it's, it's sad, right? Yeah. But because of everything that what you're doing, you're combining everything, you're allowing people that have these voices to share mm. and to be a beacon for these people. Yep. I think what happens, same way how you creating this, business will naturally bring all of like the the most amazing people in Bali directly to you where you don't have to individually meet them, but they'll all find you. You're also giving everybody in the world the ability to hear this voice, like literally to be a beacon. So like the, it's being transmitted from Bali, but like you could literally pull yeah. the people that have similar values from all around the world. And I think that's what's powerful Yeah, because then it's like, okay, Here's a community. When you have a community, you have a value um, and you have leadership, then you have a direction to where then you can take, mm. I guess, humanity, right? Yeah. So you might not know this, but you're essentially kind of like John Connor in like the Terminator, you know? Um, I, I don't even know if that's like the right, like- <laughs> the, right, the right analogy. The right analogy. But you're, you're kind of like that guy that is like leading the resistance yeah. almost, you know? That's interesting. Right? <laughs> I, appreciate, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways I, 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 I have always been pretty rebellious against a lot yeah. of things that are going on. Um, I haven't really thought of it so much in, in, in those terms, but maybe it's just cause I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty humble. Yeah. Um, well, like, imagine if you were like, oh, this is my vision. Yeah. Like, yeah, it but be I, 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 yeah. And like the saying that I, the phrase that I always say is it's not my job to change the world. It's not your job to change the world. It's my job to create the next ripple. Yeah. And I think this is where people get caught up. Like people get caught up and I'm going to change the world. Like I am the ripple. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be God and I'm going to be known as this. I'm going to be that. It's like, no, just create ripples, help other people. But the way my business mind works is, you know, like, you know, there's always the, the conversation around business coaches and then there's the business coaches, coaches, my mind is already like seven steps past that. Like, how do I create an ecosystem that supports the coaches, the coaches, coaches, like, and everybody serving them? Mm. Like, that's the way my my mind works. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play where they're playing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to basically create 
the world that they are playing in. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way my mind works. It's like, uh, dude, it's, it's one of the most valuable things too. It's like the biggest money makers are platforms, right? Because like, for example, someone in Amazon FBA could compete with someone with Amazon FBA, but Jeff Bezos is just chilling because of the, they're in his sandbox. Yeah. You're like creating the sandbox for these people to come in because yeah. I mean, they want like high quality, uh, like video production with like very good prices and whatnot. And to have the ability to share the message to master branding, yeah. dude, they're going to have to go through. Well, you. and the thing with Lighthouse is, I mean, there's studios all around the world, but they're not very inspiring environments. Like yeah. we've got studio overlooking the rice fields. Um, place is going to be designed beautifully. Like yeah. the studio is going to be amazing. Yeah, the equipment's going to be good. You can you can find that anywhere in the world. Mm. But for people to be able to come to Bali for a week and create content mm. and it, they have a holiday, stay here, use the studios, and it costs them the same as if they did it in Australia or, or in Idaho. Yeah. And Talking to you, Becky. <laughs> but without the um, without the inspiring environment, without yeah. the holiday, without all the you know, for people to be able to come here for two weeks and have a holiday and have a really good mm. time creating the content, and it costs them the same as just hiring the studios in Australia mm. and then paying a fortune for post production or whatever. Mm. You know, I think that's the yeah. I think we've mm. we've got a real opportunity. My, I've said before. I think the world needs a little bit of Bali. And this is yeah. what you were saying before is like, you know, if people could experience what we experience yeah. here, then their eyes would open up to all sorts of new possibilities. Mm. So how do we bring Bali to to the rest of the world? It's really interesting. Like one of the reasons why I'm like excited about like this cool project that you have here is uh, like we were talking at the event about fractals, right? About like, um, you know, what happens on a smaller scale happens on a bigger mm. scale and whatnot. Like, if you look at, you know, particles, right? Like the smallest like grain of atom in our bodies, the faster they move, the more likely they are to have like a chemical reaction with like another atom yeah. or, or, or whatever, right? And I think that's the the unique thing that you have here because not only is it like a beautiful location, like what you said, but essentially the people that, that are going to show up, there's higher chances and higher velocities of people meeting with each other. And I think the power comes in those mm. inter intersections between those people, right? Yeah. Because the space is just facilitating the space. But if there's like, for example, in the event, if we had a bunch of like people from old man's at that event, Istana is like beautiful, right? Brian was like awesome, yeah. but it's going to be like, it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah. The, the people, I think old man's is a bar here. In yeah. Bar. It's an amazing place, by the <sighs> way, if you want to drink beers and listen to, to to a live band yeah but not an ideal place for it but like i think the secret here is like you have like an ideal location beautiful place but you also have like inspiring people that have never maybe even met now kind of like meeting up in this smaller space compared to like all of bali yeah and there's like more chances for the intersections that happen and it's yeah. in those intersections to like magic happen yeah right like yeah. I don't know, that's that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, man. you know, yeah, and, and this this I understand. Like the saying I always say is one plus one equals eleven. You know, like you take yeah. one really powerful person, there's only so much they can do, mm. and then there's another powerful person doing their own thing. Yeah, you bring those two powerful people together, what's possible is exponential. Yeah. So yeah, dude, this has been awesome. I got one final question for you, but before we do that, um, how do people find you? Instagram, uh, MikeFasile.com. Yep. Yeah. Just go there. Go there. Yeah. And 
check him out on YouTube, check out his Instagram, follow him. Um, I appreciate your um, authenticity, man, being being real. And um, I know you're going, yeah, you're gonna go, you're gonna go far. Because I mean, at your age, what, 28? 27 and 27. a half. When you're 27 and a, when you're 27 and you have to say the half, like I would never say 43 and a half. Did you got it, man? <laughs> Women love it. They're like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's very inspiring to see the effort that you put into your own personal development, and um, and yeah, keep experimenting. So I've got one final question for you, man. Uh, one final question, and that is if you had the one-time superpower of mental telepathy mm. <laughs> and you could share a message with all 7.8 billion people on the planet, whatever that might be, mm. what would that message be? One short, sharp, beautiful message for all of humanity. Study philosophy. Yeah. That's just it. You know, like not all the new stuff that you see, but like – like old things, like I've been looking like at like stoicism, and- stoicism, Lao Tzu, uh, Nietzsche, right? They're like some really smart people. And if it has survived the past thousands of years, yeah. like it kind of like, it kind of like uh, weeded out all the bad books, right? Right now there's like all these books. It's like, oh, man, like all the, but it's just, if we look at the grand scheme of 10,000 years in the future, a lot of these books won't exist. Yeah. But the books that have existed, and have given wisdom to so many people, why should we not spend a good amount of time studying those works, you know? So that'd be the biggest thing, just study philosophy, study like some of the ancient texts. I know it sounds weird. I know they speak in weird English, Um, but dude, like some of the insights from that, it's like all the stuff we're getting right now is just watered down, you know? Yeah, or they're with with agendas. Yeah, just buy my book, right? Yeah, awesome, man, Mike V. Thank you so much. We'll make sure everybody's got the links to go check you out and uh, check out your blog, the blog. That's it. That's it. All right. We'll send people there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Back down the road.